All right, what is up, good people? It is Mr. Shot. We have returned for another episode for the podcast. And for this episode right here, yeah, we're back in the uh, the other residence again. Uh, Not my current residence, but, you know, the family residence once again. So we're over here. So if you hear any echoes, that's mostly just, you know, the way, like I said, the building's set up. It kind of echoes when I speak a lot over here as well. Like, So just um, be mindful of that. But we're going to go ahead and get it started for this episode. We're going to talk about a different Marvel movie, not um, Marvel's Eternals. Um, like I said, there was a bit of an issue with the recording. And every time we would kind of like try to finish it, there was some errors going on with that. So I think I finally be, I think I finally kind of got it situated down as I record this episode right here. Because um, I don't know, it was just... I think Anchor was just messing up on its end, whatever I got done recording. And also there was some interruptions during the recording. And so it would not save the recording. So there would be a lot of errors. So I had to always re-record. So I think it's more so got itself um, set up pretty well. So I think we're going to be pretty good from this going forward. So I may be able to get that out um, sometime this week. Especially since, you know, I have a lot of time off um, the next following week. To, to get that episode out, so just uh, just stay tuned for that. But uh, this one is about the another Marvel movie I said I was going to cover if I could find it. Um, I got Disney Plus, so I was able to, to get it. It's Shane Chai and The Legend of the Ten Rings. I just got done finished watching this movie, and I got to say, I'm really hyped for the next Marvel set. Um, like I told you, I got to see Eternals. I like that one. I liked, um, I like this movie as well. I'm a, so I'm gonna go into as best I can. This one, not trying to like, give too much spoilers because you know me, I want to let you see the movie, but you always got that option of listening to my commentary and go seeing the movie for yourself and see if you like viewed it how I viewed it. Um, so, like I said, we're gonna hey, try to go ahead and get it started. But like I said, this next said like a Marvel movies that are coming out. Um, uh this year and the ones that was supposed to come out last year they've been they've been doing pretty good i've so far i'm i have no complaints about these movies that have come out so far um so i mean black widow that was pretty so i have not watched a tv series so i can't tell you about the falcon and the winter soldier or the loki series or what's the other one uh wandavision i think it's wandavision um i have not seen the the you know the tv series so i can't speak about the tv series yeah i i, I kind of get mixed reviews from them so uh you're just gonna have to give me a, give me some time when I, if I see if i can get some time to watch that i'll let you know how i feel about it but for shane china the legend of ten rings man this this move right here was actually kept me entertained from start to finish um very good action scenes uh some good some good comedy in there um, pretty good dialogue. So, I mean, I think it, it was a pretty well done movie. So let's go ahead and begin where we puts us at. The movie puts us back in ancient and like the ancient times of of China, and we're seeing a particular person who's basically gone by many different names, and he's like a ruler. And this one ruler. As we look, he's about to go invade a particular country. Or maybe like a particular kingdom. We'll say kingdom because, you know, they didn't say countries back then. 
it was all his kingdoms. So they was gonna invade this kingdom, but this particular individual had these 10 like mystical rings on his arms, five on each arm. And what he would do was he would use his rings to overpower his adversaries. It gave him like, like uh, you know, more power, but it also it lengthened his life. So he's been alive for a very long time. So he, he's been he's been doing this for, oh man, for like quite some time. So he he's been out here just living life, doing whatever he wanted. I mean, he had the opportunity of just doing everything. He ended up spreading his little like small little like kingdom to like a dynasty, then to like a a secret organization as time went past where he even participated in various different wars and like I say wars like confrontations uh like it varies from everything like assassinations um ambushes and you know you know terrorism of like various different places that's what he did and this guy he so he was yeah our main God, I was talking about in the beginning part of the story is the antagonist and he ruled basically I kind of say I really would kind of say he kind of ruled the underworld a bit so he kind of had this like this thing where he had a lot of power and nobody could stop him but you know the thing when it comes with power you want to see if you're going to either increase your power or you can find something that can help you know maybe I don't know, give you something of a better purpose than just having all this power. Because, like, what's the, power, what's the point of having all this power and you got nothing to use it for, really? Yeah, he could beat anybody's ass. But, as you know, after a while, while that kind of gets old. Like, I've whooped everybody. And, like, there's nobody who really can face me. What am I really doing? And that's really kind of what happened to him. So, it's like... 19, like, you know, 19, mid-1990s, I think it was like 97, 95, 96, 97, around that time period, he goes and heads off into this uh, particular area, because he's trying to find this location, and he sets off with uh, one of his, like, I guess you could say top henchmen at the time, and they set out trying to go find this place. Now, they ended up finding it. Like, it's this mystical area. And it was something that he, he's been looking for for a minute. And he finally found it. So, when he found it, he basically... He basically kind of got ambushed by the mystical forest. The mystical forest is basically a bunch of bamboo trees. And they're alive. And they basically... The... Uh, they they got the jump on him, and the bamboo trees knocked, or the somebody knocked our antagonist from his vehicle, and his, all his minions basically fell to their demise. Like so, he's the only one who survived thanks to his ten rings. So he travels through, you know, our good old uh, good old forest, and he runs into this guardian who's standing by this this uh waterfall this like little like as you can kind of tell it's a gateway it's a gateway 
And as he stands, as the garden stands at the gateway telling him he cannot pass, and he basically says, you know what, I'm just going to get through by force. So he tries to go toe-to-toe with the guardian, but the guardian is very swift, very agile, very elusive, elegant, just, just outclasses him. He may have been able to take the guardian's mask off and saw it was a woman, but he still tried to press the assault. But he, as he's being pressing his assault, he's enamored. He's captivated by her because like she is just like outclassing him, not just by just power, but I'm talking about technique and skill. He's just he's just being outclassed on all the sorts. Now, mind you, he's been the top dog for well over a thousand years. So nobody's been able to do this to him since, you know, probably since his, his own parents. So he's just been caught off guard. He's like, oh my, this person's really something. And he just gets beat. Now, mind you, he manages to, to get a good couple blows in thanks to his power of his 10 rings. But then it's when the person uses, as I kind of say, the power of nature. And it's like they used that and they powered up and they basically gave him a whooping with it. And like as soon as he tried to like he tried to look look and see where they went, the guardian was gone. But the whole time he's sitting here thinking, like, man, I gotta see this person again. So he leaves. But he comes back, you know, like, you know what? Alright, I'm cool, I'm cool, I'm cool, I'm cool. I, I'm leave. I wanna I'm coming here for you. And so, basically, he was captivated by that person. And that person would later become his wife because, you know, that's how a story goes. Those love stories goes. But here's the thing. I guess her people that she's been protecting behind this waterfall did not approve of letting him in because, you know, I understand it because it makes sense. This guy just tried to get in here forcefully. Now it's just like now you're just captivated by him. Nah, we got to let you roll. If you want to roll, you got to lose your powers. So mind you, she basically loses her power and goes with this man. And when she leaves with him, she loses her power. They get married and have a couple kids. One boy, one girl. And he basically says, you know what? She gave up her power for me. I'm giving up, you know... The power of the ten rings for her, so that's what he did. So they kind of like shut down the the organization for a while. Now we're gonna jump to the present time. The present time, we got our main like part of the cast, Sean. Sean is just you know typical guy, middle aged dude, who's just you know trying to live life, but. You know, he's got his partner with him, our partner, uh, Katie. You know, they, they just, they are just, you know, having fun, having fun doing, doing whatever. And basically, you know, they're valets and they get the opportunity to drive a car. Katie drives a car like she's like a, a, a stunt driver. So that's, that's what she does. And, you know. They're having a blast. They're they're doing karaoke. Then they, you know, they run to the, you know, their friends. Their friends is kind of like, you know, what are you guys going to do with your whole lives? Because, you know, you know how the whole rundown goes. Um, old friends always want to know if you're going to improve in life. 
It's like, you know, they were just comfortable. They were more so comfortable, you know, just just being, doing what they're doing, just going with the flow, not trying to change anything up for, for this and that. They just out there having fun. So that's what they do. And the next day happens, you know, they're getting ready to go to their job again. Like always, like usual, visit her family because, you know, the family gives her some food to eat, gives them some food to eat. And they just do blase, 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 you know, the whole nine yards, you know. And like they ask, when you going to marry her? <laughs> like, no, man, we cool. <laughs> like that, that's what happens. So they get on the bus. Get on the bus. They're just supposed to ride the bus. Ends up happening. They get confronted by these dudes talking about, give me this pennant. Our main guy, Sean, has this pennant right here on his chest. What it is, is that it actually was a gift to um, Sean by his mother. And they're asking for this pennant. So that basically, that means he knows who's asking. And he gets into a confrontation with these men. And mind you, the friend Katie said he can't fight. So... What ends up happening is that she sees her friend who can't fight, breaks out in almost this straight, this, <laughs> like, like a master of martial arts just giving these dudes the beating on a bus. Until this big dude with the one hand and then turns it into a knife, kind of gets in like, you know, uh, a little bit more trouble. Mind you, it makes sense. Guy's a bit bigger, and he's got like a a sword for a hand. Makes kind of makes a lot of sense why he would have a lot of trouble. They go and at it. They basically end up tearing a bus almost damn near in half because you know his blades cutting through the bus little by little, and they're they're just they're just trying to he's just trying to make it. Katie's out here doing her little like you know stunt devil shit, and what ends up happening? He ends up defeating that guy doesn't kill him but in the in the midst of defeating him the guy takes his pennant when he takes the pennant they head back to the house and realizes you know he tells her you know what's up you know i was sent here to do something for my father and i ran away my real name is not sean it's shang chi you know then they go to that little funny like you know funny skit right there real quick about his name then he's talking about, you know, I got to find my sister. My sister's in Macau. And that's what he has to do. So he's out here looking for his sister. A sister he ain't seen in quite some years, matter of fact. So what ends up happening, he ends up finding his sister. But she's in the underworld <laughs> at this underworld fight club. But he doesn't know that yet. He, he just He's just wondering, why the heck is she here? Why would she want me to meet here? And we're just seeing like several people like duke it out um, in the lower levels, like the one guy says. And then we get to like the higher level. We see our guy Wong. If you don't know who Wong is, um, Wong is the guy who was in the Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. And he also is in, um, what the fuck is that movie? Oh my God, what is that movie? Ah, Doctor Strange. He's also in there, too. So he's one of the sorcerers with Doctor Strange. And so he's in there. He's fighting with the one guy. So they see him. There. So you already know it's kind of like, okay, 
that makes a lot of sense what was going on here. So he has to go fight this person, but all he is is just trying to fight his sister. Lord and behold, the same person he's been looking for is duking it out with him right here, right now. And so he's trying to fend him off, but <laughs> he, he doesn't want to fight his sister, but his sister is whooping his tail. I'm talking about she gave him a first class beatdown. And like, it makes sense because when you really find out, the remember the boy and girl I told you about? Well, this brother and sister duo is actually that boy and girl of our main antagonist. The main antagonist is their father. And basically, what ends up happening is we end up finding out what happened and why these two kind of have some bad blood. In the midst of when these kids were young, until, you know, a certain point in time in their life, their mother was killed. Now, we find out, and I'm going to have to say it right here, just for, you know, future references, why she was killed. She was killed because of the father, for what he did in the past. He ended up, you know, like I said, he was part of the underworld. And, you know, big boss of the underworld, you want to get your revenge. And what ends up happening they end up finding where his family is. He's not home. So it's just the mother and the kids. So I think it's like, I think it's like a three-year age difference. Uh, ooh, what is it like? Three, four, eight-year age difference? Because he's like seven. She's like four. Maybe four or three. So... Because like I said, they're, she's able to walk around. So this happened. And then what ends up happening is that, you know, you see you see the mother trying to save her kids by telling her to go get inside. And she tries to fend them off. But the thing is, she can fend them off only so much. Because it, it, she basically ran into the mob. So she did probably okay for, her, for the first few minutes. And then she ended up getting killed. And in the aspect, it was like she may have been a skilled warrior back then, and she probably would have had no problem. But it's just like when Young Shen Chi said, You don't have your powers anymore. What ends up happening is that because she doesn't have her powers, a lot of her skill is greatly diminished. So, you guys also, also think about it, she probably ain't been fighting like that anyway for a while. So, what do you think happened? She, she didn't fight like that before. These people are armed and dangerous, and they end up killing her. So she ends up dying. The father comes home, and he basically sees is that, you know, the mother got killed. And so what he does, he takes his son with him. And they hunt down the people who killed his mother. The father does it. Oh, he, he go back to old, ruthless, and merciless version of himself. Just putting a beating and just wipes out that whole that whole people that killed his wife. But he didn't get one. He didn't get one. He didn't get one because the one guy wasn't there to be gotten. But what he did say is like, I'm gonna leave this guy for you to get. Cause he said, I think it's it's the best thing for you because you know, you know, you gotta get your revenge too for your mother. So what he does from seven years old. To, he was about 14, 15 years old. He trained every day and night to become a warrior, an assassin, under his father's tutelage. 
So that's exactly what happened. He ended up becoming a weapon. He was being sent away and he's 14, 15 years old to go kill the man that murdered his mother. Well, little Zhang Li is basically concerned because she's like, she doesn't want to be left alone. And she's hoping that her brother comes back. Her brother makes a promise to come back. But here's the thing. He never did. So for the next, you know, few years, she ends up basically being by herself until she kind of realized that her brother wasn't coming back for her. She was 16 years old when she got out, when she got from underneath her father's wing and created the, you know, the underground fight club. So that's basically what happens. But during this whole time, we didn't understand why there was such bad blood. He told her he was going to come back for her and he left her alone. So, the whole time, they're, these two are trying to have like a little dialogue with each other. Talking, oh man, why'd you send me here to come find you then if you didn't want to see me? Then she just gave him that look like, bruh, really? And if you don't understand why I say that, it's because it was never really like that. They got set up. The father set, sent, set them up to basically find the daughter. Because like I said, the daughter has the other pennant. There's two pennants he needs. And basically sent his warriors to go find him and catch them. And while he's doing that, he'll get the pennant. What ends up happening is one of the, you know, the trainers back from the back in the day that was giving him hell steals the pennant from his sister. And he tries to stop them from leaving. He does. He ends up facing off with them for a little bit. But, you know, he does very well because, like, you know, he's grown. He's not a little seven your little or 14 year old boy anymore. he's a grown man now so he has the skills to fend off a person who once was too difficult for him to, to face off with before he beats him but his father steps in and his father gives him a whooping real quick tells him yeah I knew they couldn't beat you but I know you can't beat me either basically is what he's saying and he takes the, the son and daughter duo with our you know Third wheel in in uh, in tow. Takes him with him. And while he does that, they're going back to the island. Are we really get an understanding of you know what, what really transpired and what's going on, why their father's trying to get these two to agree to meet him and be a family again, which find out is that the father believes he's found a way to get their mother. Mind you, the mother's been killed. But he believes that there's a way to reunite with her. What it is, is that he believes the people that are her mother's, um, you know, cohorts and her people from back where she's from, the Talo, actually have imprisoned her behind the gate. And with that, her being in prison is preventing them just preventing her from being reunited with her family. You know, it's like that little bit of mystical woo-ha that people just be thinking. But then we find out it's actually, you know, the same force, that bamboo force that we've seen before and earlier, is actually a maze to keep people out. And there's a way to get in there. There's a certain time to get in there. And they're ready to get ready right now. 
But Shang Ching is not not falling for it. He's like, bro, she dead, bro. Leave it alone. And he's just like, you guys are really gonna do this? And then he's talking about, yeah, I'm gonna burn the whole village down if I got to. Shoot. Man. <laughs> the father, who we find out who his name is, is is Jing Wu or the Mandarin. I'm not calling him that. I'm gonna call him Jin Wu, because I ain't getting in trouble for that. I'm gonna let you know that now. I'm not gonna be calling some dude Mandarin. Unless people gonna be thinking, oh, you think you funny, huh? Nah, nah, nah. His name's Jin Wu. So Jin Wu is mad at his son, and he basically has everybody in prison in the same cell. I don't know why he did that. That that was a little funny to me. Like I'm gonna put make prisoners, but I'm gonna put them all in the same cell. You got me. Um. Then we actually find a little little side character for the gang. Uh, Trevor it actually is a former actor who went to a terrorist uh, organization, and we end up finding out that you know. If you actually watch Iron Man 3, you actually find his character. I, I believe that that's where he said he was he's featured in. Is that, you know, he's a part of that. He got arrested. He got broken out. Now he's here because the father meant to kill him, but he was able to put on such a great act for him that he basically is able to save his own skin by basically being an actor. So that's the only reason why he stays around is for entertainment. Then while this is all happening... We meet a little mystical creature named Morris. Morris looks like a little... <laughs> I'm thinking about Red Bull for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, he looks like a little... He's got the shape of like a little stubby pig with wings. But he ain't got no face. Like he ain't got no head. Like he's strictly... He's all legs, wings, and body. That's it. So... So he ain't got no head. So that that's what we dealing with. And Boris basically said it's co communicating with uh, our guy Trevor, saying, "Yeah, I can get you there." He's basically talking about he could get him there because he's going to take them to the same path that Shang Chi and his his father tried to take a long time ago, but failed. Yeah, you can probably say, well, he succeeded in getting there. Kind of, sort of, but that's really thanks to the Ten Rings, though. Like, that's what really happened, so. And there's less than 20% capability of him making it. So, that's what they do. They decide to try to defeat their father by beating him there first and preventing him from, you know, opening the gate. And so they get there. Now it's a really hard, really hard maze because, you know, what you end up finding out is that basically the forest moves very, very fast to prevent people from getting there. And Morris with Katie, who's as a driver, are all just pre pre making, you know, great movements to basically get to, you know, the portal to Talo. And they end up getting there with, you know, a little bit of commentary being thrown in there. Um, so they end up getting there, and as they get there, you know, they run into the people of Talo. We end up running into Master Guanbo and, you know, the residents of Talo. And they're not happy to see Shang-Chi 
Ju, Shilong, and Katie and Trevor. They ain't looking, they ain't not happy to see not one damn bit of them. They're like, they want to kill them. They got these two big griffin lion looking monsters standing behind them. And the only reason why they get saved is dude, thanks to uh, the aunt, who is the sister of their mother. So basically, they get there off of, they get to basically <laughs> keep their heads thanks to, you know, the aunt being reasonable. Now, the, the aunt hears him out and basically says, I know exactly what's going on. He's got the ten rings on, doesn't he? She knows about the ten rings. So she basically knows that basically the father is being manipulated by this creature behind the grate, behind this gate. So the reason why they're trying to prevent anybody from opening this gate is because there's creatures that basically steal souls behind this gate. They destroyed the Tylo people's great civilizations from a long time ago, but they were able to seal these people behind a gate thanks to the Great Protector. Um, so that's what happened. And I think, you know, the Guardian, um, the mother, saw this opportunity and was like, okay, maybe I can put him at peace if I can just keep him away from the gate. So basically, because she became his life, his family became his life. And so it kept him away for many years to come until she died and also his children leaving now it left him to his delusions like, bro, I got to find a way to get my wife back and my family back. And so this is what he thinks. To bring them back is to bring their mother back from the dead. But he has to destroy this gate to get to her. And as we find out, that's not true. <laughs> the mother is dead. There's a creature communicating with him. It's called the, the Dweller. The Dweller is basically is using tele, telepathic communication to manipulate the father into basically letting it let, letting it free but they got like two three days before the father shows up so they gotta make a move quick and they got to they gotta make a move quick to prevent the father from you know you know releasing this beast and so what ends up happening everybody goes into trading Katie is getting trained by Master Guan Bo to shoot to shoot arrows. To basically, basically, you know, she's just a person who just goes with the flow. Never did nothing really with her life. She just goofed around a little bit, and so now um, she's being forced to kind of like put put some thought into it, like actually like do something. And so that's what she does. Now, Zhu Lin is. Basically, it's kind of being standoffish because, you know, she's like, she's been used to because ever since she was a little girl, she trained herself how to fight by mimicking, you know, the lessons that had all happened while she was there. She never was allowed to fight or participate. So she had to do things in secret. And the people at Tyler, everybody learns how to fight. So with that being said, she fights. She's learned that she's training with the weapon she has because, you know, they got to upgrade their weaponry because they can't beat the they can't beat the creatures behind the gate with the type of modern weapons that they they have from Earth. They have to use the the dimensional weapons provided them by the Great Protector 
to defeat the creatures. So she trains like that. Shang Chi tra trains with his aunt, and she he finds out how the aunt beat. I mean, not the aunt. How his mother beat his father, and it's because the mother and father know who they are. The mother knows that she was she from Tylo. The father knows he's kind of, he's kind of like an evil underworld lord, and he he understands that he is who he says he is. But Shane Chi is kind of like cowardly and afraid because it's like he's he's done things that he is not proud of. And, you know, he's scared of his father. Because, like I told you, remember, he's a seven-year-old boy who watched his father straight up just murder people. Like, and he just saw that these, these men were the same men who beat his mother. Someone who he held in high regard. Who he held in high regard. And his mother got just decimated. Why well, he just saw his father decimate the same people that decimated her. Giving them all the work. So he was fearful of his father and the aunt gave him this little bit of a lesson after basically schooling him because, you know, he got a little cocky after he basically started like, you know, started like show some great improvement. But she kind of like showed him you're still a long ways away from catching up to me. And she's the same nature move that that uh, that, uh, you know, the mother beat the father with <laughs> basically the aunt beats the nephew with it, too. And so that's and it's, that's what ends up happening. For, for them. And eventually, the father arrives. He finally made his way to Tylo with his small band of troops in tow. Probably his best men at the at the ready to basically prevent prevent anybody from messing up his plan of you know resurrecting or freeing his wife. And basically, as you know, he's kind of like upset because he's like, I see my son and daughter standing with the people who I call my enemy. And with that, he's like, so this is the people you want to, you want to, uh, you know, what side with? And they're like, yeah, okay. Burn it down. He sends all his troops to go fend, to go basically fend off, you know, the, the Tylo defenders and guardians. So that's what happens. We got our man with the <laughs> with the sword, the sword hand. Yeah, I guess we think his name was Razor. He's fighting off the the sister. And then you got uh, the you know the assassin trainer. He he's being fended off by by the you know the aunt. So that's what's happening there. So each party has their own little thing going on. And, you know, Shang-Chi is basically going to square off with his father at the memorial site where, you know, they mourn the dead. And he says, you know what? I ain't scared of you. I'm going to whoop you. Father gave him that look like, yeah, you are. You're terrified of me. And basically, basically, you know, he gives him he gives him the work. Now, now don't don't get it twisted. Shane she does get a couple of blows. And he even admits it himself. Like, you know, like, nah, bro, you trying to put this on me. Like, 
I was just like a little seven-year-old boy. Talking about, oh, I could have saved my mom. Let's just be real. We being realistic. No seven-year-old boy was really about to give nobody the business. I mean, shoot. Even if he could take a couple of people out, all they would have to do is hit him a couple of times and he done. Same thing for his sister. Then they all would have been killed. And, you know, Saint Chi kind of gives his dad the business by actually hitting with the bow staff in, in the head. Now, so he's been able to defend off the ten rings for like a little bit. Gives his dad like the little bit of, you know, the, the vocal business. And tells him, nah, bro, this, this mess is on you. You the reason mom died because you left us there alone. And so he ain't like that one bit. And he sends Ching Chi straight to the <laughs> straight to the bottom of the lake <laughs> with the power of the ten rings. And with that, he now takes out his probably his best adversary that has a chance of stopping him. I mean, the next best person is not even Master Guan Bo, it's probably the is the aunt, but she's, she probably can't even beat this dude. I mean, the mother, the mother beat him off of, you know, just chance. Just keeping it real. Just being real about it. She beat him by chance, because I bet you if he got to square off with her again, he, he, he she probably would have beat him. Because, <laughs> he, he probably would have beat her. I'm just being honest. Like, so, he already knows what... He knows, okay, I know the movements now. I mean, I've been with the woman for many years. For about, you know, maybe like 10 years at best. So he knows that, he knows that, you know, at this point, I know the moves. So I ain't got much to worry about. And and that's the thing. So now he, he sets off to the gate. So he sets off to the gate. And he reaches the gate. Now he's trying to basically get past the gate. The gate's being protected by dragon scales. And he he's not able to beat it with just uh, the few rings he has on his arm. Mind you, he carries five rings on each arm. So when he does that, he's not able to really put a dent in it. And so what ends up happening, he actually has to put all ten rings on one arm and basically and just pound on it to see if he can get it to just you know open up and he starts to make a little crack in the weld and what ends up happening you start seeing these little soul these little soul dwellers slip by the same creatures that the aunt was speaking about earlier has slipped out as he was cracking the barrier so we end up finding out that they really do take the soul and the guy that was the trainer, the assassin trainer, is the first to fall. And his soul is taken. And the thing is, we end up finding out why they're taking them and not using them. Is that we end up finding out is that basically, they take the souls to the soul dweller, the giant soul dweller. And the soul dweller will basically consume, consume the, the free itself. You're probably saying, I'm wondering, why am I saying this? The giant soul dweller? Is the creature that's basically, like I said earlier, is using telepathic communication to have the father Zen Wu free it from its from this gate. So that's what's happening. And so when, when it's trying to free itself, it can't free itself because it's not strong enough to free itself. So it needs souls. 
So what it does, uses them wood to open up the barrier, and it ends up opening the barrier large enough, basically, for now everybody can just basically, you know, band together the ten ring uh, soldiers, and the people of Talo all come together to fend off the the soul dwellers, and they 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 make a good like little. Little like little stand right there at the beach to like, you know, stop them and preventing them from leaving because it makes sense. You don't want these things to leave, so you want to kind of meet them head on. You don't want them to start spreading out to where a swole dweller goes out into the other like other dimension of Earth. So they want to prevent that from happening. And with that happening, uh, they 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 they're basically trying to put it up. To set it up to you know prevent it, prevent them from getting out there. So, with that being said, we have something else happening as well. So as Shang Chi is sinking at the bottom of the lake, he ends up having memories from his mother, and what ends up saving him from the bottom of the lake is the Great Protector himself, a big ass dragon that's just been in the damn lake the whole time, and it pops out with him, and it pops up behind a lot of the souls because it's a big mob of them coming. And they, and they get eaten and, you know, destroyed little by little as, as, as it's approaching the land. But basically, so a good bit of people lose their souls on the way. And it's, they're basically being taken back to the soul dweller. Now, the father's still pounding on the, on the dragon, like, Dragon scale gate. He's breaking it down a little bit, a lot further now. But what ends up happening is that the the great protector takes him to the father and sends him down there, and he ends up squaring off his father again. But this time, you know, he's a little bit different. He's much calmer, more cooler. No, no, like, no fear, no intimidation is going to work on him. He's ready to square off with his father this time. And with that being said, they go at it this time. Now, I ain't gonna lie to you. This father and son duel, this second time fight, they they fighting, they fighting for real. They throwing blows, blows, and they are going at it. And I'm not gonna lie to you, it could have went either way at various different points because it really showed you that you know, you know that how fast Shang Chi had actually changed. It showed that he actually had the, the fortitude to do better. The same thing like, you know, you know, like his father was telling him before, you had the potential to be great. Now he's actually showing his father, yes, I do have the potential to be great. And he starts squaring off with his father. Now his father tries to bury him with the ten ring assaults again. Like he's trying to basically use him as a whip. He's trying to send him flying at him. And what ends up happening when he sends a set, one arm set, flying at him, Shang-Chi basically now starts to command Five of the ten rings. And he's a father looking at him like, come on, man. <laughs> he ain't supposed to be doing that. And now, now it's a totally different game. They're kind of on even playing field because the father had a a big advantage over Shang-Chi because you know why? Shang-Chi never had no rings. So even though he got taught the the you know skills of the title of people from like his aunt. 
and you know have a little bit more of a maybe a little, maybe a little bit of power boost thanks to great protector he never had the the skills as his mother or aunt did so he's still not on that level so he actually needed something to help level the playing field and him getting half of the 10 rings actually did that for him so now they actually are fending fending each other off with one set of 10 rings um well i should say one set of a pair of five rings because they each got a pair of one set of five and they're just going at it they're just going at it like even she tries to basically use it and like drives <laughs> try to drive his father to the ground with a good a good like you know head kick like jumping head kick trying to like knock his father down but even then his father tries again using his last set of, of five rings to send him at his son he sends his sends right at his son at the the dragon gate but now Shang Chi's got all ten rings, and he's about to let his father have it. Like he's like, I'm telling you, he literally condenses the ten rings because earlier what I didn't say was, he actually told Katie he's gonna kill his father. But right here he's condensing it. He's condensing it. He's condensing it. I'm talking about like these things are going so damn fast, they make a little energy ball, and he literally looked at his like, yo. I can end you right now. His father's like just looking at him like, go ahead. I'll, I'll take my defeat. His his father was going to take take that law standing. He wasn't going down. He wasn't going to cower. He stood there, looked at his son dead in the face, and was ready for it. And what ends up happening, Shane Chi changed his mind. He can't do it. He can't do it because he already killed a man off his father's word out of anger for what happened to his mother. You don't want to be that dude that that's just gone out here taking people's lives needlessly. And the scars attend rings in front of his father's feet. But when all this is happening, another soul is being taken into the to the gate. And the father's son of having a little like bonding more where the father's like, I'm trying to save her. He's like, she's not there, man. That's what Shane Chi trying to tell him. As the last soul gets by, the great soul dweller breaks free from the dragon gate. And the first thing it does is try to take the souls of Shane Chi and Shen Yu. But the thing is, Shen Yu saves his son with the ten rings and gives and realizes he has nothing. He has no way of stopping this creature and basically gives up and sends the ten rings to his son. That's his last wish. No words were exchanged, but it's kind of like he did one last fatherly good thing for his son, which is to save his son's life and loses his soul to the great dweller. So it's in you dies. I'm thinking, I'm thinking the soul is also like part of the life force. Now it's like seems like it's one of the things that like once it's gone, it's gone. So Zen Wu dies off of this. Our main antagonist is no longer the main antagonist. Now, now we got this big ass creature that takes souls and gets stronger as it gets another soul. And what ends up being done is that now Shin Chi in the house of ten rings, his sister happened to save the great protector from some of the soul dwellers trying to prevent it 
from from defeating them. So they're they're meeting up. Shang-Chi uses the Ten Rings to close the, the hole at the gate. And now they're now they're trying to catch up to the Soul Dweller. But the way that Soul Dweller is is coming in, it's gonna kill everybody on that beach in one fatal swoop. So the the great protector sends it sends a great big water shock wave and knocks it back. And now it's like it's kind of like putting up a good fight against the soul dweller. But the problem is, it's getting souls feed feed it to it. So now it makes it a lot harder for our little protagonist group to basically survive. Because what ends up happening is. You know, it, it's it needs it needs to basically get the dragon soul to basically become unstoppable. But there's a couple bowmen still left down there. Grand, uh, I'm not Grandmaster, uh, Master Guanbo and our guy, our girl Katie, are about to go face off again and shoot it. So where basically it will stop it from you know. Still another soul, but the thing is, Master Guanbo gets his soul taken, and so he dies. A master with a bow has been killed, and prior the rest of his apprentices have all been killed. So really, there is nobody left but Katie to take this one fatal shot at this thing for preventing, you know, great disaster. And you know. The dragon's basically having his soul taken away little by little. It's inching up there. There's there's nothing it can do because they did a little good fight, but after getting fed more souls, it regained the strength and, and then some and ended up basically putting up a bigger fight. But thanks to Katie throwing, end up sending a, a good, well-placed arrow through the throat, it ended up losing the ability to suck the soul out of the dragon. And Shang-Chi, with his sister Zulang, and a dragon pinned down, pinned down the great soul dweller and end up actually, you know, destroying it. But even though they destroyed it, the souls never returned to none of their bodies. So everybody who had a soul taken from the assassin teacher, Zen Wu, uh, Guan Bo, and many others, their souls are forever gone. So they all died. You know, it's a it's a heavy cause because just think about it. They just reunited with their father just a few days ago just to lose him. Even though he was an estranged father, it's still their father. And, you know, they know they they understand his heart was in the right place. But he was blinded by his uh by you know his uh his despair of losing his wife. And that's basically what happens. So now our guy Shang-Chi and Katie are back. Are back where they're at, talking with their good old friend, our good old lawyer friend and her husband. And they're talking about all the adventure they've been on since they since they left a few days ago till now. Talking about, oh yeah, we did this, we did that. The lawyer friend doesn't believe it and just and even the dude, my husband's just like, bro, what in the hell? 
that's exactly how it looked um to them. And so they all thought it was a bunch of like ludicrous stuff until we see a portal open. It's Wong. He's coming through the portal asking for Shang-Chi and says, You got the rings. He says, Yeah, you coming with me. He tells Kate, you coming too. And they go through the portal, and that's what happens. And then they're now they're having a sit down with Wong about the, you know, the Ten Rings with uh, Captain Marvel and uh, Bruce Banner. So <laughs> we end up seeing that, you know, that, you know, they're, now they realize that something is deeper about these Ten Rings. It's like a beacon is being sent. And they don't know who's sending this beacon. So that's where it leaves off at. The last little bit of the cutscene is that um, Junli is now re restructured the Ten Rings to where now it now includes woman warriors. So now it's a mixed, mixed, you know, organization. Not under her tutelage with. Uh, her friend from the underworld with the guy with the knife hand. And they're setting something up to basically get, get it going. So that's where we really end Shang-Chi. Now, for me, Shang-Chi was probably one of the well-done uh, action movies that for this next um, phase four. I think this is what I'm going to call it. I think it's phase four um, of the Marvel series. And for me, the phase four part of the series did, is doing pretty good. Because I ain't going to lie to you. Around that phase two, phase three, if it wasn't part of like the main cast, of like after like their first, maybe second movies, they're like it kind of like fell off. Like, if it wasn't the Avengers, and if it wasn't the Captain America movie, um, they really kind of fell off. Like, Iron Man 1 was good. Thor, the Thor series, I only saw the first one. I can't tell you about Ragnarok or, uh, what was it, Dark World or something. I can't tell you about those ones. But I can kind of tell you a lot of them were kind of like not that good. Ant-Man was okay. Um, Black Panther was probably what I say out of the Phase 3 movies was probably my favorite. Not trying to be biased, but I actually did kind of like it from the soundtrack to, you know, the dialogue to the actual action. Everything that went through that movie, it was really well done. But for me, I'm going to put Shang-Chi up there with Black Panther. These two movies right here with their cast was done phenomenally. So all in all, I don't really give out tens like that. But for me, this this one, these those two movies were like ten. 10 out of 10. I would watch this movie again. I, I've watched Black Panther several times. Like, I like Shinji. Like, I literally had, like, I replayed, like, a lot of different parts for this thing. Um, Like, like I really, I was really captivated with this, this movie right here. It was really very well done. And for what it seems, it's going to be a part two. So, I don't, I wonder how part two is going to look. So, that's, that's my thing with that. So, we'll, we'll find out with that later on. But this movie right here, from start to finish, it kept me entertained. Like, I literally 
was, you know, captivated by this movie. So it was a very well done movie. I recommend you see it. Um, you may have mixed mixed feelings about it, but for me, I'm, I'm gonna say this: this is one of them good movies out here for me. That was very well done by Marvel Studios. Um, so yeah, with that being said, that's the end of this one. Like I said, I'm gonna try to see uh, about redoing the Eternals movie and the uh, the Dune movie. I'll probably try to put Dune out a little bit later. But Eternals, I'm going to try to get that as done as quickly as possible for y'all. But until then, y'all know what time it is. It's the end of the video, so you'll know what to do. Like and share the content. Rate it five stars wherever you're viewing it. And make sure to follow me. That way you know why I do drop episodes. And because the other, the other parts is also because it helps boosts me into the algorithm. of, It helps my podcast uh, better off each and every single day. So that's the stuff. That's the simple stuff that you can do to help me out for my podcast. Like I said, this takes a lot of effort for me to do because I don't like all this damn talking. It really like it comes really, really hard after a while. Just sitting here, just talking, 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 talking and running it through. If y'all not helping me out with doing it, 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 hey, you know how it goes. It's very beneficial to me. You can hear me talk about it. I get a good I get a good kind of review on it. But if you got anything that else you want me to look at or see. Just be sure to hit me up on anchor.fm at the Mr. Shaw Show, and I will catch y'all next time. Peace. Ron Skeezy, play that beat.